In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You probably recognize that from a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's part of Linus's words, right? And no Christmas is complete until we've heard Linus or someone with a cartoony voice uh, read that passage. It's from the book of Luke in chapter 2. And I love Christmas Eve services. I mean, do you like coming on Christmas Eve? It, it's, been, it's become like a family tradition for us. Uh, tradition's gone on for many, many years. And we show up on Christmas Eve. And one of the things I love about it is that because of the nature of Christmas in, in the world around us, in our culture, uh, it, it comes on us really fast. I mean, I swear the day after Halloween, Christmas decorations were up at Safeway and Target and even Home Depot. Right? There, you could buy Christmas things the day after Halloween, and then it happens so fast, and we get all caught up in it. Right? We got caught up in, in all the stuff that goes with Christmas. And so one of the great things about Christmas Eve services is it gives us a chance, just in the middle of all the stuff, to just stop. I mean, we physically stop. We come here, and we sit down in a chair, and we have cool lights and great decorations and good music, and, and we just stop and in some ways go, ah. Oh. But some of you as you're sitting here going, ah, are really thinking about what you have to do when you leave here, right? Because you're going, I hope this doesn't go too long, Dale, because the oven's on a timer, and we kind of have to have things happen. And so it's great to stop and go, ah, but but we have to get home and do the stuff that we do tonight. And and we have extra guests that have shown up, and I have have a present for one of them, and we didn't know they were coming, and we have to, to cook things for tonight, and then tomorrow morning it all starts over again, right? I mean, that's the, the nature of Christmas. But we have this moment to stop and go, catch our breath. Now, my fear is that in the middle of even just catching our breath and stopping for just a moment, that we we kind of leave this gift that is Christmas, that is Jesus, the the promised one, the Messiah. We we kind of leave that gift of Christmas still wrapped up and not really opened to see what's inside. You ever get just a really beautiful package from somebody? My wife decorates presents amazingly. I mean, they're amazing. It's, if she decides to put her mind to say, I'm going to just make the greatest wrapping, the wrapping is part of the present. 
with her. And so you get this thing, it's color coordinated and great ribbons and, and hand calligraphied notes and, and all this stuff. And you look at it and go, that is just the coolest present. And sometimes if you're at a Christmas gathering or a birthday gathering and one of those packages comes out, people go, oh, that's just too pretty to open. I've probably said that. Did it ever stop me from opening it? No. But, but imagine that scenario. What a beautiful package. I'm just going to put this on the mantle and just admire it. That was the prettiest gift you ever gave me. Well, have you opened it? No. It's beautiful. And I think sometimes we do that with Christmas. Because we have it all, we have it all wrapped up in certain ways that we approach the holiday. And those wrappings are so pretty that we really don't want to ruin it by, by getting inside the package. And, and some of the ways that we keep a, a Christmas wrappings on the present are, are by how we define Christmas. And it's very easily, we, we often define it as tradition. Christmas is tradition. And it is. There are great traditions we do. Well, I already said one of our family traditions is a Christmas Eve service. We, we love that. We have a, a tradition in our home that uh, we almost always have a big Christmas breakfast. We, we get up kind of late. Even when our kids are little, we get up whenever we get up. And we, we make Swedish pancakes with three kinds of jam. Because that's what my son always wants, three kinds of jams. And then we, we kind of meander in later and open the presents, and then we all watch each other open one at a time. That's our tradition. <clears throat> when I was a kid, the tradition in my house was we actually celebrated Christmas as Jesus' birthday. And so we had a birthday cake with candles, and we sang happy birthday to Jesus. And the birthday cake was always banana cake, because that was Jesus' favorite. <laughs> and it had this amazing seven-minute frosting, which is kind of like this Italian meringue. <sighs> best cake in the world, and that's my favorite cake too. I'm just like Jesus. <laughs> but it was fascinating. We love the traditions, but, but then we stop and go, but, but if all Christmas is is a tradition, we're, we're missing out on something more. One of the other wrappings we have around Christmas is, and maybe we define it as family, and, and there's some great things about that. Christmas is about family, and, and people travel, and they're probably here visiting family today from out of town, right? You're, you're here visiting family, and you're coming to a Christmas Eve service because that's your tradition, and family is great. But, but what, if you, what if you don't have family? What, what's Christmas like then? What's Christmas like if, if you've experienced great loss? What's that like? My sister lost her first husband on Christmas from cancer. Christmas always has just this little twinge of something else. Lived through some really hard things. And so when people around you are talking about, I love Christmas, it's about family, it's like, I don't, I don't have that. And that's hard. Every Sunday when I, when I drive here to church, I, I almost always see this one couple, and they've left the homeless shelter that's in there in Aurora, Comitas Center, off of Montview, there till night, and... I saw them this evening driving here sitting on a bench. What's Christmas like when you don't have a family, when you don't have people, when you don't have things, when you don't have the traditions? What's, what's Christmas then? Sometimes we, we keep Christmas wrapped up as a holiday. And it is. It's a great holiday in the midst right now. But, but somewhere inside the package, the beautifully wrapped gift of Jesus, we, we can't just leave it as family or tradition or a holiday. There's, there's something more. Now, if you're like me, most of the time we've We've had times in our life when we said Christmas is going to be different this year, right? And so we attempt to unwrap Christmas, but often we're disappointed by unmet expectations. And the old saying says expectations are just resentments waiting to happen. Is that the old saying? So we we build up things. This year is going to be different. This year, I'm going to get all my Christmas shopping done before Thanksgiving. Then I can relax and enjoy people, enjoy the real Christmas. And 
And sometimes that doesn't work. And, and sometimes we think, I'm going to do it different. This year we're going to try to do away with the commercialism and we're going to go volunteer. We're going to serve poor people. We're going to go do things and we have these great intentions because God cares for everyone. We want to do that, but, but sometimes it just doesn't measure up to what we wished it would be. And so Christmas becomes wishful thinking instead of really getting into the wrappings. Because ultimately, we can't leave this amazing, beautiful gift of Christmas, this gift of Jesus, on the mantle in its wrapper. We have to, we have to get through those wrappings and look at what's actually inside. And, and, and what is inside is amazing. And, and we have to come to grips with it in our life. In the passage of Scripture I read just a moment ago, we have this amazing scene, right? This is, this is the Christmas story. This is Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. Uh, to be registered for the census, right? And, and by law, Mary didn't have to go with Joseph. He was the head of the family. He could just go there and take care of it. But knowing that Mary was probably going to give birth pretty soon, it's like she needed to go with him, right? Just to be able to care for her and take care of it and make sure it happened right. And they, they went to Bethlehem. And we have this amazing scene with the shepherds, right? Where, where these angels appeared and they made this very well-known statement, right? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests or in the way most of us know it, the way Linus quoted it, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Right? That's what we've heard over and over and over again, yet once again we stop at Christmas time and saying, uh, peace on earth, goodwill to men. I, I don't really get that picture that's painted in, in my life during Christmas time. I mean, we live in things that are chaotic, and peace on earth, goodwill to men, that's not really my experience. And, and just think about how all that plays out at Christmas time. Just think about... The mall. Peace on earth. The mall. Going and buying presents. We have a very interesting Christmas going on this year uh, in that uh, the only people around are my son and his wife. And, um, and, and so we're going skiing tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had a situation where Ryan is my son, and this thing is kind of falling apart on my head. Um, Ryan, my son, he was in graduate school in Madrid, Spain with his wife. And, and then my daughter and her husband, who currently live in Hawaii, were on an around-the-world trip. And they were all in Spain together during December. And they went to Portugal for Christmas. And it was just Laura and myself for everything for Christmas. We didn't buy a tree. We didn't put up decorations. We, when presents came in the mail, we just opened them right then, like you always wanted to do. It was awesome. And but, but it was a very different thing. But think about the mall. So we didn't go to the mall that year. And, and this year we really haven't much either. I was there yesterday briefly because I forgot something. And you swear every year we're not going to the mall that week of Christmas. But you get there. And it's just chaotic, right? I mean, it's just all these people coming and going, just getting there on the road and then getting into the parking lot and then looking for a parking space. And you're driving up and down and you spot somebody that's going to their car and they're about ready to pull out. But they pull out the wrong way. And so this car jumps in there, right? It's like, peace on earth, buddy. Or... Something like that. that. That isn't the picture we get of peace on earth, goodwill to men that this passage says. Or, or think about even what goes on in our own homes during Christmas time. Right? Our homes often become a combination bed and breakfast, catering service, chauffeur, just all the stuff, and we're just hoping people get along. Why can't we all just get along at Christmas time? And nobody ever likes the present I give, or you get me something I didn't want, or. And that becomes this thing, it's kind of chaotic. And we go, where's the peace on earth that this passage talks about? Or all you have to do is turn on the news and say, peace on earth? Fuck, into a Christmas market. What about the people living in Aleppo, Syria? Where's the peace on earth? 
it just messes with us because this is the, the story. This is what we rejoice in. Peace on earth. The angel said to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Go and see this one. I think our problem is we, we've, we've been focused on the wrong thing and we think about peace in the wrong way. I, I absolutely firmly believe that the, the cry of the angels, that, that the Holy One is coming and it brings peace on earth and goodwill to men is an absolute promise and, and it will be fully realized someday. When Jesus, the, the creator and the stainer, the giver of all life, the one who saves us, the Lord, that when he comes back, it, it will establish peace in a way we could never imagine. But in the meantime, when we look at peace on earth, goodwill to men, I think we're too focused on an external and not enough about what God wants to do internally in each of us. Because too often we look at things and go, it's chaotic. The world is chaotic. Everything's in turmoil. And so we want Jesus to fix those circumstances and make them not chaotic anymore. And so we hold out hope that this year Christmas will be different. But the world keeps spinning and family things keep happening. The mall is still crazy. And we want God to fix that. And sometimes I think we forget that the real picture of the Christmas story, we've made it pretty sanitized. When, when Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem for this census, it, it was busy. It was crowded. People were coming from all over because they had to go there to be counted. This was, this was how they were going to be registered in this nation. And so people came from all over because that was their land. And so we have this woman who's traveling a long distance and she's pregnant and about to give birth any moment and they can't find any place. And there's the hustle bustle and people crashing in and all this stuff that you have to do. And they're, they're packed into it. And in the middle of that chaos came Jesus. It didn't change their circumstance. But Jesus showed up in the middle of that chaos. And that's where true peace happens. We have a great passage in Isaiah chapter 9. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that takes place in the middle of chaos in a world that was spinning out of control back then. Jesus came into turmoil, and the world didn't want his message of peace. I mean, just within two years of when he was born, his parents and he had to, had to flee the country to get away from a despotic ruler who wanted to kill all the babies that were the same age as Jesus, because they feared him. And so they had to flee because that was what was going on in the world. That was the chaos. And in the middle of that chaos came Jesus. And in the middle of our chaos, our chaos comes Jesus in this gift that we need to unwrap. An amazing gift. And so we look at this passage and we see really three different responses when this gift was opened. Right, the shepherds went. They heard this amazing statement from the angels. And they went to find it. They said, we've got to go figure out. We've got to go follow and do what the Lord told us to do. And so they went and found this baby. And it says, after they had seen him, after they, they came to understand that what had been told them was absolutely true, they, they couldn't help but tell people. Right? And, and they rejoiced and they praised God and people listened. That was one response. They heard this and they responded and said, we've got to let people know. But then we also have a story of people they went and told. It says, everyone they told was amazed. But that's the only information we get, that they were amazed. And we look throughout Scripture, and we've been doing a, a sermon series here at Stapleton Fellowship in the book of Mark, and there are many times it talks about everybody who heard him were amazed. But what that usually meant was like they were stupefied. They, were, they didn't get it. 
This wasn't, wow, that was amazing. It was, oh, wow, that's a crazy story. But we don't get anything that happened after that. It was just amazing. And it's very easy for us to come to a Christmas Eve service, to, to look at the Christmas story and say, hey, this is a great reminder of what Christmas is all about. It's a, it's a great story. It's pretty. It's beautiful in here. It's decorated. We go outside, and boy, it would be perfect if there was some snow. That would be amazing. Is that our response? Is that the end of it? We open the package and go, wow, great story. Can't wait to come back next year. Or we like Mary, or her response was, it said she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In other words, what happens when you look in the sea thought about everything? It changed how the shepherds acted. Their, their response, their belief determined their actions. Mary, seeing this promise come true, she followed through. She couldn't ignore this gift that had been opened. But if our response is always just, we're amazed at the story, that's the same as leaving the box on the shelf in its pretty and sanitized wrapping. Christmas is so much more than that. Uh, truth that comes out in this story is, is lived out in confidence. It changes everything we are. It changes everything. When we open that box, we're saying, Jesus came. He did not come to change our circumstances, to change our chaos. He came to be peace and be life and be truth in the middle of our circumstance. And that changes everything. That's an amazing gift. And we're asked to be part of that. Mary and Joseph were asked to be part of this story. Jesus, Jesus was going to come. God said to Mary, I'm going to come to this earth. This is going to be the son who is going to change everything. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. But I need you to carry this little baby in your womb. I need you to give birth to this baby who is absolutely powerless. And Joseph, I need you to come alongside and, and not to divorce her, but to marry her and care for this child and protect her and protect him and make sure nothing goes wrong and keep him healthy and keep him fed. That's what I need you to do. And God needs us to open that gift and have it change everything about how we see life so that we can, through the Prince of Peace, become peacemakers. People who bring life to everyone we see. You see, what it really comes down to when we open this package, this beautifully wrapped package, this gift of life that is Jesus at Christmas time. We have to be willing to open that package. Why? Because we need in our own lives to let Jesus get out of that box, to get out of that manger. Because Jesus didn't come to bring nice, warm, fuzzy things. Jesus' birth was disruptive to the cosmos. It changed everything, and we're invited to be part of that. See, ultimately, what we believe about Jesus, that baby in the manger, determines all of our life's decisions. In other words, do we believe, when we look in that box, that wrapped package, do we believe that Jesus was good? Or do you believe that Jesus is God? Everything in life will hinge on that decision, on that conclusion. And my prayer for all of us is that we would look in that package and move beyond the great things of tradition and holidays and family. Those are great things that happen at Christmas time. But, but also look in that box and say, this disrupts everything. This changes how I need to think and how I need to act and how I need to live. The fact that this baby Jesus came at this time in history 
And now he's on the loose. And it changes everything. It changes you and it changes me. Will we live in that place? Or will we keep it as an amazingly beautifully wrapped package that belongs on the shelf? And after all the packages and the decorations are put away for the year, we can go on our way. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what God did at Christmas. That's not what life is about. Let's pray together, God. Father, for